This is a pre-recorded version of the WTKA Roundtable <laughs> on WTKA, unsurprisingly, 9 o'clock Thursdays. It is recorded, however, so if you call in, no one will answer. Here on the Michigan Insider Sports Talk 1050 WTKA online at WTK.com. Sam Webb, Mr. Ira Wine, travel on the other side, and two thirds of the M Go Blog Roundtable crew. Uh, I think we'll have the third member of the Roundtable crew coming up here in a second. But M Go Blog, the Roundtable, one of my favorite times of the week. And joining us, we have Craig Ross and Seth Fisher so far this morning. Fellas, how are you? Doing okay. Great. So it's been a crazy, crazy off week, not the ordinary off week. Yeah, no, no, definitely, man. I mean, it's it's funny. Brian's not here, so we can talk World Series, right? Like, that's what we're going to do. <laughs> <laughs> I was saying, man, I, I expected I had been planning for the bye week to be some time with family. And it just, I didn't <laughs> see my kids. I didn't see my kids. I missed Halloween. Didn't do any of the trick or treat. I, I put a stop to it at Halloween. If people are wondering why the MGO podcast just went out this morning, by the way, that's why. That's why I needed to go trick or treating with my kids. We yeah, tried. I, to, I was out of town this weekend. We were going to do it afterwards. The only time we could do it was Tuesday night, and I said, "You know what? Got a kid in a wheelchair. I'm I'm not I'm not I'm not going not going. You know, I probably should have done that in retrospect, and I got to make it up to him. But that this story has just been. Yeah, for for a bye week, I don't know that we've seen a noisier bye week than this. No, because there was something every single day. So let's start off with the 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 things that happened since you guys were last on. We had the in in order. We had the ongoing stories from all these members of the media about the NCAA being in town to interview staff. False. And the staff is right. <laughs> Right. Totally false. false and right? that was in and wasn't uh, that was published a lot of places. That, that was, was absolutely false. false. It was absolutely false. A hundred percent. Right. And so then we spent some days refuting that as that story started to change. First, it was the coaches. Then the coaches were on the road. Then it was the low level staffers. We checked that out. I was like, no. Then it was, oh, they were in town to meet with high ranking administrators. No, that's not true either. All of it was false. All of it was false. We get to Sunday. And the Wall Street Journal, fellas, prints an offer rescinded, rescinded to Jim Harbaugh, a deal rescinded to Jim Harbaugh. So let's let's got, go there first. And I'll start with you, Craig, since you were already talking about the initial false reports. Yeah. And just reflect for me on those stories and how you think, how is it that so many publications are getting this wrong? Well, probably because no one called Michigan. I mean that I mean Wall Street Journal has, you know, a pretty good reputation in some quarters, not with me, but but with but with many quarters it has a a a 
a pretty high reputation and uh, they just blew it. That story turned out to be true. And the reason why, you know, they printed it wrong is they got information from everybody but Michigan. Now, I don't know if you remember this, Sam. Uh, this happened a few years ago. In fact, it happened when Harbaugh was being hired. And you called me at late at night at, at 9 or 10 o'clock. And you said, hey, I got all this information that Lloyd Carr is really opposed to the hiring of Jim Harbaugh. I'm getting it. I don't know. I don't know who you got that information from, but I sure you had it because mm -hmm. you called me and said, I, I think I'm going to print this story. And I said, and you, and you said to me, but I just can't do it unless, you know, I, I talk to Carr. I mean, it doesn't seem right to print this story without, and I said, yeah, you got a point. And so I, I don't, and Lloyd knew that I'm not calling him without a reason, right. especially late at night. I so I called him late at night and he went crazy. He said, what, what, what are you talking about? I love Jack Harbaugh. I would be the first person in line to be supporting Jim Harbaugh being the head coach here. Right. Do you remember this? I remember. And so it. you printed that article late at night and then bing, bang, boom, Angelique printed it. Other people printed the same the same thing. In fact, I got a very direct quote I, and, uh, that I wrote down and I said, coach, can I say, can we print that or can Sam print that? And he goes, yes, Sam can print that. And so you as a journalist decided maybe I should go actually talk to, you know, the people involved and, uh, and, and uh, coach Carr went on the record and said, no, I would, I would be a, a huge fan of, of, of supporting of uh, of the hiring of Jim Harbaugh. So it's the same here. No one called Michigan because no one at Michigan is going to say, oh yeah, the offer's off the table. And then two days later say, no. So it's obvious what happened. They did a crappy job of journalism and I'm not a journalist, they, but that they did a crappy job of journalism and they, and they didn't check, you know, with, with the university or with, anyone in the in the athletic department about this that's pathetic it's pathetic beyond pathetic and i think when you evaluate all of this noise going around and all these other stories going around i think you have to evaluate it in that context which is who are they talking to uh, ohio state probably i don't know and and uh, who are they not talking to? Michigan, probably, even though the stories are about Michigan. Now, one thing I want to say, and, and any story about this sign seal stealing stuff, uh, has, it seems like you've got to start here. One, it's not illegal. Two, uh, every team does it. Three, the NCAA explicitly encourages sign seal stealing. Those three things are absolute facts. So where you go beyond that is, is fair game. If Michigan's doing more than that, especially as an institution, then okay, that's fair conversation, but not on sign stealing uh, at all. And in fact, I, I, I was on the sideline of a game last night. The further away you get from the game, the slower it gets. And the closer you get to the game, the faster it gets. And, and, and in all Great context, point. the players on the field are fast and the game is fast and uh, and what's going on in the sidelines is super fast because you've got 
all kinds of coaches and kids on the sidelines and trying to get their attentions for A, B, or C. We need to get the punt team ready. We need to have the field goal team ready, or maybe both, depending on the content. And lots of stuff is going on there, and it's going on fast. I truly doubt, in the big picture, the efficacy of sideline side stealing. You know, any sign, any stealing or advantage you're going to get is, is going to come from watching tape and knowing the team's tendencies out of certain formations and, and down in distance. You ain't getting much for what's from what's just happening on the field. Uh, I saw it last night on the side. I was on the sidelines for the Bowling Green um Ball State game, and I thought, man, this game is fast, and ain't nobody getting much information <laughs> on out of you know right. stealing what's going on on the other sideline. Are you kidding me? Yeah. I mean, I don't. Maybe someone can do it, but I, I but I'd be highly skeptical. Anyone is getting very much out of that. You you uh, get you know if you're if you're good, you get uh, maybe a few plays a game where you know yeah. the play that's coming. Yeah. I think the majority of what you get is run pass. Right, run, yeah. which is usually worthless. I, I saw this last night on the sidelines with either Ball State or the Bowling Green kids on the sideline yelling pass or run just yeah, yeah. as the ball is snapped. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm not sure that's, you know, that's, yeah. I mean, that's run, much of an advantage. Run pass matters because it's how the linebackers activate. I remember uh, 2018, we went to the Michigan Northwestern game, and it was a – it was a much closer game than it needed to be. Part of that was just awful officiating. But part of it, too, was Northwestern always had their linebackers firing when Michigan was running the ball, and they always had them dropping back whenever he ran play action. Northwestern had our signs. Now, Michigan could have prevented oh, that. Good I, for them. Yeah. Good I, for them, have prevented I that. It was obvious they, they, were, they were making the call. They were playing. They were, I think it was a tap your head kind of thing that they had mm -hmm. for, uh, for high hat or low hat or whatever, right? Like, that, that's, that was their... Their way of communicating it. Um, it only worked for them. I, I went through the UFR again recently. It worked for mm -hmm. them four times. For when when they actually stopped the really stuff to run up, it felt worse because it was like a third and two one time. And right, they, mm -hmm. these are high leverage moments sometimes. So it can make a difference, especially if you know run or pass. Now the reason why it happened to Michigan in that game was because Michigan did not change their signs because they were playing Northwestern. When you're playing Michigan. You change your signs. Is Ryan Day telling us he didn't change his signs for 2022 against Michigan? Is he telling us he didn't change his signs for 2021 against Michigan? How are you not? If, you're, if your season comes down to one game, how are you not changing your signs for that? I want to tell you another one thing about that same weekend. We came home from that Northwestern game, and we watched Penn State, Ohio State that night. Now, Penn State, Ohio State, that game ends. Penn State loses by one point because James Franklin calls a zone read on fourth and two. He was moving the ball. Penn State had all they had to do was win this thing. All they had to do was make that first down, and it's over, right? He calls a zone read, and before they're even lining up, I turn to my the, my buddy I was with, and I go, "It's going to be a zone read." They line up, and I'm like, "Oh God, man, it's so easy. He's going to call a zone read. They got this." They now, and then I see Ohio State bring a safety down, like they're gonna like they're gonna run the thing that you kill a zone read with. Now I didn't read a single sign. I just know Penn State's offense. I'd watched enough Penn State that year. And it's kind of obvious sometimes the way you line up, you have certain plays from that certain package. And the way that certain teams have tendencies, it's pretty easy to tell. The way that an offensive tackle lines up will tell you run pass 
way better than any sign stealer can. If his right foot, if his right tackle's right foot is behind his left foot, my point. Almost always pass. <laughs> All right. If it's if he's lined up straight, almost always run. It could be play action. It could be RPO. But those are things that tackles do because. That's how much it matters. The, the the little thing that you can get from the linebackers activating or not activating, you can get – it matters, but it doesn't matter as much as having that little extra room to pass protect. So tackles don't mind giving it away because it's more of an advantage for them just to have their foot in a little slightly better position. That's exactly how much it matters. It does matter some. It doesn't matter to the point where, like, it changed entire programs like some Ohio State fans are saying. <laughs> but so, this is all, Seth. This is all scouting. Yeah. This is all scout. This and, isn't really spine stealing. And, and every right. team uses the same signal. Do you understand? Like right. they, they'll get to the line. They'll have all their signs and all that weird right. stuff. And then, like they, they make the same, same call. Like duo, 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 it, duo. It, right? right. Everyone's got the same terminology for some of these things. So, like, right. Yeah, and, over, and so, over, over. Like, you, you hear the same words, and they mean the same things on every single team. Football is not played like that, and I think it's gamification yeah. by announcers. I think it's gamification by journalists, by people who try to make football into a offensive coordinator versus defensive coordinator game. That's not what football is. Football is 11 players versus 11 players, and whoever has the better players usually wins the football game. Yeah, as Scott said, I've been in games – where I felt like the defense knew every play we were running and they couldn't stop us, right? And I've been on the other side of it where I felt like I knew exactly what they were going to do over and over and over and we just couldn't stop them. But, you know, and, and that's, you know, and Ohio State is making a big point about a play on tape. Uh, I don't know if you've seen this one where Michigan is all screaming pass, pass, pass. Well, yeah. It's third and four at the four, Michigan four-yard line. What's SOFT equals OHIO going to do? Are they going <laughs> to pound it down there? No, so, they're not going to pound right. it. They're going to pass the ball. And they did pass it, and they scored a touchdown. And, that, and that's the, the big deal they're making, you know. So here, here's the thing, fellas. I, I agree with the overriding point, your overarching point, I should say, that a lot of people covering this story are telling on themselves they don't know jack squat about football. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, it, it's the more you watch, the more you learn from guys who do know football, you really, and it's one of the reasons why I say, look, if, if I ever get to the point where I, I don't have my, uh, my analysis colored by guys, and it just, just my personal take, I will stop doing analysis because there is so much that they see that we don't. And because of that, I think that these all these media members that are making this out to be a story, a bigger story than it is. I'm not saying that it's not a story. I'm not saying that Michigan uh, wouldn't deserve punishment if what is alleged to have happened is true. I'm saying the impact, the impact that they are asserting here is totally off base. You got, got and not just media members. Like you got coaches from other sports, like Seth Greenberg coming in. Yeah. You have to act. You have to do something right now. Seth Greenberg can't name a single Michigan player, <laughs> and he's talking about it. And Stephen A. still thinks Dwayne Haskins was a scrambling quarterback, was a that's running quarterback. A, yeah, that's an that's an embarrassment. Yeah, and so so you got a lot of people who are pushing some programs' narrative very very clearly, 
without being able to check it themselves, right? So we got to realize that as Michigan people, when we listen to what's what's coming out from everywhere else. Now, what I will concede, though, that you do gain some benefit from having a sign stealer or a sign decoder. If you didn't, all these coaches wouldn't have one. But to your point, Craig, it's within the rules. Not only that, and this is what Connor Stallions is probably when when his whatever you call it, I don't know if it's a deposition when it's when it's the uh, NCAA, but when he 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 is talking to them, when he's deposed, he is going to say, at least I thought he was, that, you know what, there's nothing in the rules to say I can't hire a third party to go and scout these games. Show me where it says that. They might say you're violating the spirit of the rule, but the rule doesn't say you can't hire a third party. Now, here's what blows that up, and this is where I want you to jump back in, Craig and Seth. If he in-person scouted, now that argument is rendered null and void because now you're at the Michigan State game on Central Michigan sideline if that was indeed him. So what do you guys think about that? story that has come out if i could jump in with a slightly different point because i want to give a shout out to you sam and seth and uh brian it's what i wrote about what i called the ingrained provenance of the game which is the disconnect that exists between coaches and fans that coaches know a lot this is a complicated game i talked about this when i i sat in a quarterbacks meeting many years ago when coach Carr let me do that with Scott and Chad Henney. My head exploded. Uh, my head exploded with the complication and, and how this was taught. I was mightily impressed with how much I did not know. And I was mightily impressed with how much I still don't know. And so there's this, there's this sort of disconnect between what the coaches know a lot, what the fans know next to nothing, and and uh, and Seth, to his great credit, and Brian Cook, and you now, Sam, have tried to bridge that gap. You've spent a lot of time and work trying to teach fans, well, wait a minute, here's what is going on. Here's what, in fact, is happening. And that's been an incredible service to, to fans in general, and I certainly consider myself in the sort of broad range of fans. And and so thanks, you know, but I think it also leads to this disc, you know, this disconnect leads to some misunderstandings by fans. I keep getting these notes um, with people, Michigan fans waving their hands about how we're going to get the death penalty because we're sign signal uh, sign stealing. And I know we're not, if you, you think know, if you think that Michigan you know. has a problem because if you think that Michigan's ability, like ability to win games was affected yeah. by losing their science dealer because Michigan's now the only Big Ten school that doesn't have a science dealer. Doesn't have one. Right. right. <laughs> sure didn't right. show itself so, last weekend. So just the RAFO, as they say in the author business, right? Watch right. watch the watch November games. If Michigan goes on a losing streak to, to Maryland and, and Purdue and gets their butts whipped by Ohio State and, and butts whipped by Penn State, and they, they just clearly – are gotten, then you can go back and say, man, science dealers really matter a lot in this game. Because look, well, we, took I, well, the one, we took the science dealing I, I, away from one team, right? Yeah. But, the, but this, the ridiculousness, like, there's there are degrees, Sam. You talk about the journalists and how they get their information, right? 
Their information is coming from Ohio State's investigation. I think it's obvious where it came from. It there there it there's a def, obviously a PR campaign going on because we heard about the side the you know him on the sidelines when we heard about the rest of it, and and that's why we were quick to say yeah this this story is probably true. Now if you hear about it earlier in the process, it comes off like Connor Stallions is a potentially mentally ill person, maybe even dangerous person, sneaking onto CMU sidelines and doing this stuff, right? right? Correct. Um, if you hear about it after a weekend in which everyone's been saying, okay, it looks like he was acting alone, then it seems like it's a new arg- a new bit of information that counters what you're saying. So they, there is somebody who knows PR very well, who knew how to put this out to make sure there was one new thing after, after each. And... Mm-hmm. To a degree, some people are good about it. So, like the Washington, the Wall Street Journal, I'm pretty sure that just came from uh, what's his name, Stapleton, who everyone thinks is like the big boogeyman. But like the most he can do is provide some false information to a reporter, and that reporter's never talking to him again after he makes him look bad. That's that's what he can do, right? And and look how quickly it just turned into a joke. But you got what Pete Thamel. The offer rescinded. The offer rescinded. The offer rescinded story. Yeah. All right. On the other hand, you got Pete Thamel, who is getting Ryan Day's interpretation of a coach's phone call, right? Where he says that all the coaches are this, and the vast majority of the coaches on the phone call, I don't know what he means by vast majority of the coaches. There's 13 Big Ten coaches, but other, but if there are assistants on that call, is he, does he mean like there are nine Ohio State coaches and they're all just complaining? Because <laughs> like, because there is no way. The coaches in the Big Ten, we're talking, we're, we're, we're one by one going through Ryan Day's talking points, right? And they are ridiculous talking points. In fact, including, Thamel still thinks that one rule that's in the, the section about, that's in the football rule book about, like, you know, the size of the ball and stuff like that, there's a rule in there you can't videotape the opposite sideline. It's obviously a rule only meant to apply in the middle of a game. Not have nothing yeah, to do yeah. because you can't, because otherwise you couldn't record any game. You couldn't have a DVR copy of Michigan State versus CMU, uh-huh. right? So. And he's still referencing that after people have told him, including myself, have told him privately and publicly that you're wrong about this. You should not be reporting it unless you know it or at least putting some question on it. And he's still saying it directly. Pete Thamel is getting it directly from Ryan Day. He's only getting Ryan Day's story. And then they put it out there like all the Big Ten coaches want something to happen. I bet James Franklin wants something to happen. Because James Franklin needs an explanation for why everybody knows why he's going to run zone read when he's down one point to Ohio State. Okay? I'm sure that Michigan State wants something to happen because Michigan State is still convinced the tunnel is responsible for their players punching people. I'm sure that, you know, Brett Bielema believes everybody is out to get him. He's still I, – I just rewatched that game because I wanted to like get a sense of Ryan Walters' defense. I re- watched that Illinois game from last year, and there's so many calls going against Michigan, and then Bielema was mad about one moderate call at the end, which probably was, was called correctly, and, which he was doing too. Three, he was using that as a strategy. So he's probably – he just thinks the world's out to get him, and he wants to get – so there are some coaches that maybe agree with Ryan Day. Greg Schiano. People are, are, are throwing him in with these guys. Greg Schiano is not in favor of getting rid of sign stealers. He does not want anything to happen. You know why? Because who is the one team in the Big Ten you never change your signs for when you play them? <laughs> Schiano is the biggest sign stealer in the league, you guys. And he knows it. 
<laughs> and he they, wants they, it to continue. They, had, they they did have a little thing for for stallions though, for whatever reason. I I know that about the now. Yeah. It, was he talking about uh, the sign stealing at halftime? They are adamant that that's not what he was. He was talking about officiating. Yeah, at halftime. no, he was officiating. They at did halftime. have an issue with stallions. I can say that. Oh, I could, I could, I can imagine. Yeah. And and they're pro- they're mad because stallions was going way beyond. I mean, getting copies of game of, of other games to them feels like they're being violated, even though everyone can go on TV and get the same thing. But like they get mad every time the camera goes on them on TV. Sometimes they have like you know things put up to make sure you can't see it from the sidelines, stuff like that. These coaches have known about this stuff for ages, and it's just every they're they're coaches, they're college football coaches. They obsess over it. But I think that a very very simple way to shut them up is to say, okay. Everybody, turn in your sign stealer now, and we're gonna re- and we're gonna react to every single one of them the same way, or shut the hell up about it. Well, or <laughs> or do something about it if you don't want sign stealing. You can get rid of it in two minutes. Yeah, absolutely. Like like, like the NFL has. They don't NFL put oh, put microphones in. No. You know that don't cost anything. That's cheaper than a sign stealer. You know, and <laughs> and so. Yeah, I mean they could get rid of it. They want it. Coaches want sign stealing. The NCAA wants sign stealing. Right. You've got to start there. And so all this is really about is did Connor Stallions have this network of people attending games? Uh, you know, or yes. three of them. Yes, it's ob- well, it's it's obvious and I would that guess he was the answer is yes. Yes. Yeah. The answer to that yeah. is probably yes. And. Is and that illegal? Is that illegal? If you look at the rules, you can't tell. You know, it's unclear. I don't think Michigan's and, arguing that, though. I don't think Michigan. I don't think. No, I know. Yeah, that's not the, that's not my position. My yeah. position is that's what Connor Stallions is going to say, right. right? And and then when you're when you're assigning punishment and you talk about their lack of knowledge of it, you got to assess. All right, first, did they was a rule broken, mm-hmm. even without their knowledge? And if it was broken, what was the impact? Yeah. Now this gets us back to this this other point about that's him the being, point where you started twenty minutes ago. Sorry, yeah, where where we talk about Connor St- Connor Stallions <laughs> allegedly supposedly being on the sideline of the Michigan yeah. State game. Yeah, what does that say to you, if if anything? Because I know what it says to me about Connor Stallions, but what yeah. does it say to you guys? Well, I agree with Seth. It says to me there's something wrong with him, uh, and I don't know. I, I don't prefer to characterize it but there's something wrong with him and two i'm completely mystified by how he could get away with it to me he would have to have help from cmu uh to do this and the third part that i find mystifying is he's standing next to McIlvain. if that's him he's standing right next to jim McIlvain. last time i checked they were on the same coaching staffs and, and McIlvain doesn't know that a guy who's not his coach and that a guy he coached with or at least had some connection to in Ann Arbor is standing right next to him. I mean, what? <laughs> wait, so wait, How do you wait, know wait. that was McIlvain and not some cop who was fishing that day? I mean. <laughs> uh, all right. I, I, I'm not. I don't hey, know. Are we sure that was Jim McIlvain? Because it looks to me yeah, an awful I, lot like a cop who was sharp. Messing around with sharks the other. So, so listen, listen. I can see how he would know who Connor Stallions was from his time. Sure, I, I can. I'm see sure you work with people like you, you. You wouldn't know him if you. You wouldn't recognize him if you saw him a few years later. This. Right. The, so that that isn't that wouldn't be that surprising, but that 
he couldn't say from days of inspection who that was. Standing right next to right. it. Who that was after they went back and looked. Forget not knowing it in the moment. You went back and looked and you didn't know who it was. That does seem a little odd. But I, here's where I'm coming from, fellas, before we get to a break. The, the, those who are frothing at the mouth are suggesting that this is this grand, this is this grand operation from on high. And there's no way that it couldn't have been known from the upper reaches of the Michigan football program. If you assume that to be true, that he was not just doing this on his own and that he was being instructed to do it. Does it make any sense to anyone with half a brain that they would send Connor Stallions <laughs> who across the league, Ohio State's wanting everyone. If anyone knows who Connor Stallions is, it's Ohio State and it's Michigan State, right? <laughs> These two programs above all others are going to know him. Disguise or no disguise. Like they're, because, you know, if he's still inside, they will recognize him. So they're going to risk the whole operation. They're going to risk detection to send him to watch Michigan State as bad <laughs> as we all knew Michigan State was going to be this year with Mel Tucker, right? And you, you thought that it was prudent to send him to that game from on high. It says to me even more so, lone wolf, rogue guy. Because here's the other part that makes no sense to me, Seth and Craig. What's the premise of this operation? We're getting some advanced scouting video, right? Now, even he ain't if videoing. Right. Yeah, it doesn't look like unless yeah. the, now they're trying to say, oh, maybe he had a, some uh, a some secret, video glasses. Yeah, right? he had a but, secret CIA. Yeah, but what Google makes those it? glasses, you know. It's not yeah, that why weird. Would you risk it? Why would you risk it? And why would you compromise your vantage point? Even if you wanted, even if you were recording, why it would you be better off sitting in the stands? Right. You would be much easier to avoid detection, much easier to record. It makes no sense to do this for anyone that is thinking, you know, lucidly, kind of just, well, no, hey, they, it it's, they're, they're, it's like this same, you know, comprehensive thought putting into the plan. This is not someone, if it's part of the sign-stealing operation that everyone's talking about for Michigan, this is not someone who thought this through very well, <laughs> which says to me, it probably was just him doing his own thing. Well, it might not have just been is, him. Sign, it might not have just yeah. been him. Hang on, Craig. It, yeah. I think CMU might have a problem. I think people are wondering why CMU hasn't like responded more to this yet. And my guess is because CMU has got to figure out how he got on the sideline, what he was doing there, whether he had any effect, whether he was talking to any coaches. Someone's going to be watching the film of that game of CMU's sideline and trying to figure out who he was talking to. Because you mentioned he's sitting next to McElveen. Is it possible? That CMU borrowed Michigan sign guy because they wanted to beat <laughs> Michigan State. Uh, I, that's I that sounds more plausible to me than any mm -hmm. of this other stuff. That's an interesting theory. So I that think they CMU pay, has CMU, a problem. Michigan gains CMU nothing. CMU pays him. Michigan pays gains nothing. Michigan would not send him. But yeah, CMU might gain something out of this. Yeah. that's brilliant. I, that's, I am that's, that's I haven't heard anyone make that point. And man, that makes a whole lot of freaking sense. Because <laughs> here, sorry, I mean, think about sorry, it. Sorry, Jim. I, I'm no, not no, no, but, if I just no, threw you but, under the but bus wait, there, but no, yeah. no, this yeah. is not. I'm not even, you know, joking about how great a point that is. Because now it makes sense for Stallion. Mm -hmm. I go here, and make some extra bread, yeah. and I can look at Michigan State too, Central Michigan. Hey, we we can steal their stuff. We don't have a sign stealer guy, not like this dude. 
have him come over here, act like he's a member of Because here's what uh, a point that Daniel Horton made yesterday on, on Dropping Dimes. Like, he didn't just show up. And they, you know, about sneaking on the sideline. To sneak on the sideline, like, you got to – what are they wearing today? Right. right. He, he had on coach's garb, right? Yeah. He had on well, – he, he looked and a placard. Like and so you only get – think placard. Yeah, you only get, I think, 90 sideline passes or whatever the number is. I think it's 90. And and there's certain ones that say you can go in a restricted area, and I'm pretty sure that they said he had a restricted pass. He had – it wasn't the regular sideline pass that, you know, you get when you go on the sideline. He was, stand, he was able to stand with the coaches. And they do sometimes give those to non-coaches. You're not supposed to give them to coaches. I, I don't know for sure, but I don't think you're supposed to give them to anyone who works for another school. Yeah, I'm, I'm Seth, that, that theory makes more sense than any theory I've heard so far, that he was a, a hired gun. Mm-hmm. He was a hired gun, come in for this game, sign, stealer. You, you don't, it doesn't divert you guys. We plan on a Friday night, so you can, and we're in state. Just drive on up, work with us. And we'll we'll pay you whatever you, it, it costs for you to come and do this game for us, and then no one will ever know because you're, you yeah. know, you're one of the many people that we have on the sideline anyway. Oh, and, and, and you if, look if just you like other coaches, Michigan State, that's a big win for them, right? That is a yeah. that is a that's a deal. And this is a year yeah. that Michigan State looked a little beatable, right? And but there's no there's also no way that that Michigan that any other coaching staff would have green lit. Oh, hell no. It, it <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. Michigan would do – that is that – is, I mean, that was a ridiculous amount of exposure. And I see some of the value. There is – I don't want to say there's no value whatsoever, Michigan, because, I, you know, I work elections and I'm uh, – um, I'm going to be a chair at the next election, 2024. Now, 2024, we're expecting the election to be absolutely off the wall, ridiculous. So I've been begging for opportunities to, to be like a co-chair – on different elections, on the small ones, right? Like just a school board thing or whatever, to get the practice. So you get an opportunity to go and practice against Michigan State sign stealing and get like, and get a feel for it. I'm, I'm sure that would be helpful if you're the sign stealing guy to get some live reps, right? Because mm-hmm. well, even I, against I, CMU, live I, reps help. Yeah, I mean, that's a fair point. I have another theory. As long okay, as well, pause. We'll get to your, your theory. You got to get a, a good one. In. So we'll come back. With your theory on the other side, Craig, clear on the radio. All right, you know, Seth, Seth, I think I think you're I think you're spot I, on. That's a very clever idea. The um, spot on. The, <laughs> Sorry, I mean it works for the NCAA too, man. Because like you know they're they're so mad at Michigan, they're gonna punish CMU. <laughs> I yeah, think perfect. Exactly right. Perfect. Here you go, no, guys. No. We caught him. Hey, Brian. Hey, Brian. Hello. Hey. Hello, Brian. Hello. I had a morning. Yeah, I anyway, <laughs> the, uh, no, no, no. Hey, man, we'll, we'll make the floor yours on the other side. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Seth, do you want me for basketball tomorrow? Yeah, yes, yes. Okay. If you're available, we're going to do it at noon, though. I'm, Is that okay? And that's no problem for me. Okay. What are you we're, doing at noon? We're doing Anglo Radio. Oh, right. Yes, right. There's a there's a game. You're, I think you're on it, Brian. That's the rumor I heard. <laughs> and and. <laughs> I, it looks like you had more than a morning, man. Looks what like is that supposed a, to mean? It sounds like it's been a week. Well, yeah, it yeah. looks like it looks like you've been hanging out with Tom Waits drinking Sterno. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't mean to be a jerk. Brian here has been yeah. handling the SignGate stuff for us, so the rest of us don't have to. And we are we yeah. all all of us who work for you are very very happy that you are taking this <laughs> off our plate. <laughs> hey, I know our readers are like, hey, check out what Brian said today. So. Right, yeah. The, people are mad at me because I'm worried that the NCAA might 
screw Harbaugh over, but I mean, that's definitely a possibility. That's all right. I just gave them CMU so they can get the chips. <laughs> Poor Jim McElwain. He's just like, yeah, seriously, there's yeah. there's another photo on the internet of someone who may or not, may not be someone, and it's my problem again. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, CMU should just say that's not Connor Stallions. That's well, they just can't say that. No, no, they they should say that's I, not I, Jim that, McElwain. They should say it's a police I, officer from Florida. I think you nailed it, man. I think yeah. you you nailed it, and that theory needs to be amplified because it makes sense. It makes total sense yeah. that Central Michigan was using him, and then you know it it helps that he probably picked up an extra you know some extra money, mm-hmm. and then he could go to the game if he's not getting the video, right? I mean, he probably had video of Michigan yeah, State already, sure. right? He could pick up <clears throat> some cadence, you know, the cadence. He could pick up. He could pick Something. up some of the nuances from being on the field. Wait, yeah. so the yeah. theory here is that Central Michigan did this on purpose? Yeah, yeah they Michigan hired borrowed Michigan sign guy. No, yeah. there's, there's no way. There's no way. <laughs> is there no Back way? On radio in 90 seconds. I guys. don't think so. <laughs> well, I like it because it could mean he's like Wire Paladin, have gun for hire, and that he's really is a Ohio State guy, and that yeah, he's right. probably selling information back to Ohio State about Michigan signals. All right. I'm pretty All right. sure I, that's I advanced true. this as a hypothesis, and you guys are just running. <laughs> and now, now we've got Connor Stallions working for Ohio State. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not going. Possible. I'm not going there. I just. All right. I'm gonna go right to you when we come back. I'm gonna go right to you and just get your take on the whole, the whole week of misinformation, and then we'll lead up to um, Connor Stallions being on the sideline. But I think, man, it seems like something that dude would do. <laughs> that dude would do the McElwain was for him to for him to just sneak yeah. on the sideline like you got to have some advanced knowledge uh like uh like Devin was saying like man he had the coach's attire like he knew what they were gonna you know what they're Where? gonna wear ahead of time like how do you yeah. how do you have that you gotta you gotta switch up your your outfits now not just your <laughs> sides <laughs> and it's the first game like you know exactly what they're gonna wear the first game back in about 20 seconds guys yeah man I. Uh, <laughs> I I I don't even know the legality of it. I'm pretty sure that like the the one rule that says you can't scout another team probably means you can't have a a guy on there, right? That. Let's welcome the Emgo Blog Roundtable back now, fully intact. As Brian Cook is with us, so Brian, just uh, you know, floor is yours. React to the week that was the week of in- misinformation that was, and then we'll get your take on on sideline gate now with Connor Stallions, but just the week that was uh, misinformation. Well, I mean, I don't think that there's a whole lot of actual data that's come out since, right? Like last week we knew basically the outlines of the story and this week, nothing particularly new has come out. We saw what may or may not be a Connor Stallions, who I believe is Connor Stallions on the CMU sideline, but that doesn't really change a whole lot. The only thing that's changed is if Michigan's willing to go through with Harbaugh's contract, that means that, I have to believe that they've completed whatever internal investigation they have, and they have concluded that this wasn't common knowledge among the staff. Like, there's no evidence connecting Harbaugh or probably anyone higher than Stallions to uh, what Stallions was doing, because you're not going to go forward with the contract without that, I believe. And then if you've completed the investigation and you haven't suspended anybody else, that also seems to imply 
that this was indeed what it looks like, which is Connor Stallions trying to leverage whatever he was able to leverage from this scheme into increasingly more prominent positions in the Michigan athletic department. So the balance of the last week, I think is, is relatively good news. And now we're just to coaches complaining and coaches complaining is, is pretty funny because there's a Thamel article out last night about a call that the big 10 had where the big 10 commissioner was listening to all the big 10 coaches who weren't Jim Harbaugh complain about the sign ceiling. It's like, well, do you think these guys are interested parties? Do you think that James Franklin has some sort of incentive to make it seem <laughs> like giving up 400 rushing yards last year was because of Michigan's sign stealing and not Manny Diaz coming into the game with the dumbest game plan I've ever seen. <laughs> so you can't take what coaches are saying at face value because they are interested parties, right? So ask those coaches, are, are they willing to give up that check? Like, because if Michigan doesn't play, you give it up a check, right? This is like your best chance. Well, the coaches don't care about the check, man. Did, well, right, hey, man. Ryan Day doesn't care about the check in this thing. Ryan well, Day wants well, to get out of the Michigan-Ohio State game. That's probably what's, what's, what he does want. But nothing is going to happen because the guy who is the commissioner of the league is a TV guy. <laughs> and the TV guy is not going to take the TV conference and take the TV conference's most valuable property and devalue it in any way, because that because op- they will get sued by Michigan. They yes, will get they sued will. by Fox Sports. Yes, they will. They will get. They will guarantee that sometime down the road, when the opportunity is ripe, that Michigan leaves this conference and goes to the SEC, because you are not going to take Michigan's best chance at a national championship in 25 years away from Michigan without destroying their loyalty to this conference over some BS. Because you know what? If the most paranoid group of people in America didn't think it was worth going to uh, wristbands over this, then it's not a 21-point advantage as some ludicrous coach call, claimed. I have a dollar that's James Franklin. I have one dollar that's James Franklin. <laughs> yes, that sounds like something stupid he would say. <laughs> because um, that, that still doesn't make up the difference. James, no, you, you still pass. you still lose. <laughs> Even if it's a three touchdown advantage, you still lose. Ryan Day, you still lose. <laughs> so what are we talking about here? And you know what's going to happen oh, when Michigan plays Penn State is they are going to destroy that team. And Connor Stallions isn't going to have anything to do with it. And the only reason that they're still going to use signs is so that they have some sort of plausible like ask, like oh. I'm sorry that Michigan beat us 40 to nothing, but we were using signs instead of wristbands because we want to have an excuse. We don't want to win the game because we know we're not going to. Yeah. Go, you could do a lot of things, even without having a speaker in a helmet, which is the easiest solution. I mean, like, the simplest one to employ. And they have, in 30 years, they haven't adopted it. NFL, yeah. NFL has been doing this for 30 years, guys with speakers in the helmets of the quarterbacks. And for 15 years, or so let's put it on defense as well to even it out. Where now there's a player on defense that has a speaker in his helmet too. It would be very easy to, across college football, have every team in a few helmets. What, four or five helmets? Let's say you got only one guy at a time in the game, but you got, okay, we equip six helmets with speakers. That costs a lot of money. Man, everybody can afford that. They won't do it. Craig's point is right. Craig's point is 100% right. They want sign stealing. Craig Ross, you nailed it with that. 
Yeah, and it, it's clear that you could have fixed this for $20,000 across D1. Yeah. Well, $20,000 fixes this problem. They're, the, the, the claim they're saying, they're, when they, because um, Chris Fanini looked, has been looking into this and asking around, and the response he's gotten is that they, they say that the, it would void the, the helmet's. Um, the helmet manufacturer it because of oh the warranty. <laughs> but but you're telling me you're telling me that the number one purchaser of your helmets is good because uh, there's a lot of different te- helmet companies, right? So you're telling me that the that all of the, that your your number one clients saying we need this is not something you can handle. Wait, you gotta okay. be kidding me. So you void the warranty of six helmets of six <laughs> helmets that you can't send those six helmets back to the manual. Okay, so you put. The speaker in the helmet, and you send six helmets back to the manufacturer and say, "Can you still certify these six helmets is safe?" They can't do that. Come on, man, this this can't be. This they can't could have, breathe. they couldn't have the model out. I'm sure that there is some sort of testing that you need to do if you're going to add any equipment to a helmet. I'm sure there's some testing. I mean, however, the NFL has already you, figured it out. So all you have to do is ask a Texas high school. Right. High schools do this. Yeah. Right. So the high schools can have have this. The NFL can have it. But no, the colleges can't, which again goes back to the same point that this is what they want. Uh, so. So Michigan is just giving them what they want. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, man. Yeah, it definitely with a couple of coaches. I think we could probably figure out very easily who these coaches were. But the. The main proponents of let's do something in Michigan right now are two coaches who haven't played Michigan yet. One yes, of them who is delusional in his thinking that this has changed the 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 uh, the balance in the games that he has played. What just the last what last year? Well, what about 2016 and 2018, James? <laughs> I mean, how does how does that work? And then Ryan Day, who his his life has changed dramatically as Jim Harbaugh as Michigan as they've risen back to power. And he has got to figure out an explanation for that. He's got to figure out a reason for that. Problem for him is, what's your excuse now? See, I, I keep coming back to the same point, Brian. If you are James Franklin or Ryan Day or any team, or I don't know if Maryland's doing it or Purdue's doing it, probably not. Shouldn't you be standing up and saying, okay, now I want to play him? Because now we're going to show you the big-time advantage that they got from this every step of the way. This will prove your point, right? So why wouldn't you be beating down the doors to play Michigan right now? Well, if you actually believed what you were saying, you would be. But you you don't because it's crazy. Like, there's no – I mean, what do you think is more likely an explanation for Michigan's success the past few years? Is it having Aiden Hutchinson and J.J. McCarthy? Or is it having a low-level staffer who's out of his gourd just – taping everything and being like, ah, I think this is because you didn't change it. Like, there's all these articles that are like, oh, yeah, Mich- people knew Michigan was doing this and they took countermeasures against it. And there's the one article about the TCU game where um, I think Ross Dellinger is like, yeah. they scored 51 points in that game, which is 24 more points than any Michigan opponent scored. Michigan threw two pick sixes in that game. And, and, had, and it was twice as long. Drives. Yeah. <laughs> and 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 Dellinger points out well, like they had first half drives of 
76 and 83 yards for touchdowns. And he doesn't point out that the other four drives TCU had in the first half went nowhere. Like they scored 14 points on six drives. That's not that unusual for a really good offense against a really good defense. I, so I you definitely I charted that game. No, I charted that yes. game. And, and I and like I, I went back through my charting and the only like um, we called it rock, paper, scissors. The only time that like TCU got Michigan was actually just Michigan busting a coverage. Yeah, they they blitzed off the corner and nobody yeah. covered the receiver. Right. That's not that's not that had nothing TCU. to do with signs. Yeah, that had yeah. nothing to do with signs. And like their first half RPS on defense was plus six. Yeah. So people are just throwing stuff out there like this is the only reason that Michigan was being successful. And there's no evidence for that at all. And I think you're going to see in these last four games that without Connor Stallions, Michigan is still very, very good at football. Um, like the the claims that this is worth massive massive advantages is just not supported by any facts. And I think you're going to find that out. Like, well, they didn't have Connor stallions last week. Right. So we really won 70 to nothing. Well, and, and for a couple of drives, Michigan state was getting their calls from the sideline, which didn't change anything. And they quit doing it because what they were doing was PR. They didn't think it mattered because it didn't matter. Right. But their, their offense wasn't going nowhere even if Michigan told them what defense they were running. Yeah. I mean, I think what would be funny if Michigan just gave everybody their sides right now, it's like, these are all our sides. And then they went to wristbands. <laughs> 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 like let's, let's uh, like do something about it. Like you had a bye week you, you had an opportunity to do this, like just demonstrate how inept the rest of these coaches are like, cause if I'm Tony Petiti and I'm on that phone call with the rest of the coaches, I'm like, I got an entire division that can't average 25 points a game. Maybe you guys need to get good. We're a TV product and you guys are unwatchable. I'm not listening to any of you. <laughs> Kirk Ferentz score four points a game. And then I might listen to you. <laughs> None of you are bringing anything to the table. Like this conference is Michigan and it's Ohio State and it's the four teams we're importing because the rest of you are unwatchable. I agree. True. I agree. Hey, uh, real real quick, last part. Some actual football this weekend. What will the score be? And take into account that Michigan doesn't have its sign stealer guy. Go, Craig. Uh, it'll be thirty-one to three. It would have been fifty-eight to three, but without the sign stealer guy, twenty-one points, thirty-one three. Seth. Yeah, I was gonna say 45-23, but now we're gonna have to amend that to forty-five nothing. <laughs> two. Forty-five to two. I don't know. Thirty-six ten. A route, just like the first eight games were routes, and they don't even have their size dealer guy. Uh, this week, I think we all expect that. Fellas, another great round table. To the rest of you, we'll see you tomorrow here on the Michigan Insider on Sports Talk 1050, WTK, the ticket, the University of Michigan Sports, Ann Arbor, a <laughs>